Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all the odds, props, promos, and parlays you need during the bowl season in college football. 40 bowl games, a chaotic playoff picture that's going to have Michigan versus Alabama, Washington versus Texas, great college football on the way. You can use our promo code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V with the link in the description to this episode and you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at Bet Online Sportsbook. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this podcasting thing. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. Welcome, 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 all you fantabulous boys and girls. It is a fantabulous Wednesday, December 20th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count. We appreciate you stopping in, however, and whenever it is that you may be listening. We have got a fun-filled show for you here today because last Thursday may have been the most enjoyable moment of the football season for yours truly. And I was going to come into our NFL Monday podcast and dump on the Chargers and make it all about them sucking, but then we had actual fun football over the weekend and I decided no. We're going to create an entire podcast to do a deep dive eulogy into the Chargers, the team of my childhood, the team that left my hometown of San Diego, and the team that as of January of this year, I will be a seven-year recovering Charger fan, have given up my Charger fandom, and I am a happier, healthier human being for doing so. And the Chargers have come to the end of another disappointing era in their franchise's history. Your way. We're gonna dazzle you with our 
Which adjusting for expectations means this is about the eighth most disappointing era in a row for the Chargers. It just keeps escalating in disappointment based on how you set the expectations. Like the Chargers in the late 90s and early 2000s were just atrocious. So maybe you didn't have expectations for them because they were like Detroit Lions of the 2000s level bad for about five years in there. But if you take that era, you take the Ladanian Tomlinson era in the mid-2000s, you take the Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson team of the early 2010s, late aughts, and then you take the Charger team of Mike McCoy, the Charger team of Anthony Lynn, and now the Charger team of Brandon Staley. It is back to 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 back disappointment for that franchise. And it brings me such grandiose smiles to watch the Chargers be the Chargers over and over again because I am a recovering Charger fan of seven years Rooting for the Chargers might be one of the worst fandoms to root for in all of sports, and I'm someone who's experienced rooting for the Chargers and San Diego Padres and Sacramento Kings. Trust me, it's a bleak existence to root for the Chargers because the Chargers are always going to disappoint you. They're always going to have embarrassing ass losses, and so today... Now that they got the brakes beat off them by the Raiders, 63 points dropped on them by the Raiders, 42 at halftime after everything that happened to the godforsaken Chargers, we are going to do a deep dive into that franchise and into that team and where things stand at this point for the Chargers now that their season is over, because their season was over back in October. It was just... Waiting to fire Brandon Staley until they knew they had no chance of making the playoffs, right? Because, no, we we say this every year when we do the eulogies and the coach firings and all that stuff. We've already done our Raider eulogy, by the way. We're not even going to talk about the Raiders at this point. I just want to say to Antonio Pierce, you may not get the head coaching job for the Raiders. The Raiders might go in another direction. But just thank you for what you've done to the Chargers Thank you, thank you, thank you for your impeccable beatdown of the Chargers that embarrassed that team nationally and internationally. Thank you, Antonio Pierce. If that be your one contribution as head coach of the Raiders or as a head coach of any NFL football team, because remember, Antonio Pierce was the linebackers coach before he got to the Raiders. I don't think people are going to be lining up to hire Antonio Pierce in the next couple years if he doesn't get this Raiders job. If this be your only contribution as an NFL head coach, Antonio Pierce, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done. I so greatly appreciate it. It's like with Jeff Saturday last year with the Colts 
where his one contribution as an NFL head coach was blowing the biggest lead in NFL history against the Vikings one year ago as of Saturday. It was just, it was a great contribution. Thank you for your contribution to the cause as NFL head coach. Antonio Pierce, thank you for embarrassing the holy hell out of the Chargers. Thank you for that. But whenever we do these eulogies, the thing that I consistently bring up is this. No NFL team has ever fired their head coach for cause and made the playoffs. This is not hockey where like 10 in-season coaching changes get made and one year Mike Berube comes in as coach of the uh, St. Louis Blues and they go from like le- uh, last place in their division to winning the Stanley Cup. That, that That's not football. Football doesn't roll that way. Football is you fire a head coach when your season is done, when you have no chance of getting to the place that you want to go. And I will point this out. One team has made the playoffs before after with an interim head coach. It was Rich Bisaccia and the Raiders two years ago. But if you'll remember, that coach didn't get fired for cause. John Gruden got fired for being an abject bigot <laughs> and publicly caught being a bigot. It wasn't for his performance. It wasn't for his performance that John Gruden ended up getting fired. But I will point this out, that the Chargers season was basically dead from October onward. And we said in October, when we did the podcast that deduced that the Brandon Staley era was over, I'm going to go back and figure out exactly what podcast it was, because I know I put it in the description to the episode. Which NFL Monday was it that we declared the Brandon Staley experiment to be over for the Chargers? trying to remember which one it was i think it was week seven maybe but the point being like we knew this thing was over back in october for brandon staley and the chargers and the thing that made us realize that it was for sure over for the chargers at this point is them losing that game to i want to say the packers which actually wasn't as long ago as we thought it was but the game that they lost to the packers was the moment where it was like yep this thing is over for Brandon Staley. It was week 11 when they lost to the Chargers. Or sorry, when they lost to the Packers. Week 11 of the NFL season. It was the episode we did on November 20th, 2023. That was the moment that it was a wrap for the Brandon Staley era for the Chargers. And now look, Brandon Staley got fired midseason. If they only lose by 28 points to the Raiders, maybe he makes it to the end of the season. But the Chargers knew that this season was a failure because they weren't going to make the playoffs. And they were in jeopardy of not making the playoffs last year if they don't run off five consecutive wins. But every single season for the last three years of the Chargers has ended in embarrassment. Ended in embarrassment. Every year of the Staley era has ended with embarrassment. And that's the testament to like this run being a failure for the Chargers. It is this point. When the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn at the end of 2020... It was Justin Herbert's first season. They were coming off of another missed playoff appearance. I think they were like 6-10 and that year. Because this was before, or maybe they were 7-9 and because they drafted Rashawn Slater. So I guess it would be 7-9 and that year. But they were 7-9. and Justin Herbert won Offensive Rookie of the Year. And they had a franchise quarterback for 15 years who was on a cheap contract. Justin Herbert's cheap contract has now expired and they've never had a mo- had an offseason with more excitement and anticipation than the offseason in which they hired Brandon Staley. At the end of each of the three seasons 
in Justin Herbert's three years on the rookie contract, they were never more excited at the end of the season than they were after Herbert's rookie season. It was laughably bad how they missed the playoffs in 2021 because remember when Brandon Staley prisoners dilemmaed himself out of the playoffs when him and the Raiders were playing the last game of the regular season and if they tied both teams would have made the playoffs and the game went to overtime and there were two minutes left and the Raiders were going to play for a tie and then Brandon Staley called a timeout and so the Raiders then ended up passing the ball and picking up a first down and then ran the ball another few yards forward and then Daniel Carlson hit the game winning field goal to clinch a playoff spot and knock the Chargers out because the Raiders could have tied and made it or they could have won and made it and they played for the win because Brandon Staley called timeout and started acting like he was playing for the win. But if they had both just played for the tie, it would have been mutually beneficial. And then the Chargers played themselves out of a playoff spot by prisoners dilemming themselves because the Raiders thought on the sidelines, we confirmed this later, the Raiders thought they were going to play for a tie. And so the Chargers played themselves out of the playoff spot. It was a brutal, bitter taste in the mouths of their fans that don't exist. But if they do exist, the fans and people who follow the Chargers and still emotionally invest in the Chargers, because I still know a few of those people. I still know a few of those people who emotionally invest in the well-being of the uh, in well-being, their well-being based on the performance of the Chargers, which is basically like smoking crack. Basically like smoking crack is putting your emotional investment in the well-being in your well-being in the performance of the Chargers. But anyways, the Chargers have a completely bitter taste in their mouths after they should have made the playoffs. And yeah, they may be losing the wild card round. But if you go Justin Herbert's rookie season and prove from five wins to seven wins, hire a new coach, go from seven wins to making the wild card, you can start to believe that you are building towards something. And maybe it's never going to be as good as what Kansas City has with the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and the greatest offensive coach in the league. Maybe it's never going to get that good, but you can still convince yourself that you are building towards something good if you're rooting for the Chargers. And so if they make the playoffs after that first season with Staley, it was Herbert's second year, you're still on the rookie contract, okay, you can start to talk yourself into your building towards something. Instead, they missed the playoffs. Uh, they made a couple all-in transactions like trading for Khalil Mack, which was interesting. They signed J.C. Jackson to an $82 million contract extension. All of the financial flexibility that they had went... Uh, they signed Corey Lindsley, the center, uh, all-pro center for the Packers, to a, a record-setting contract for centers. Like All of the money they had available financially... They put into players who are available on free agency, and that's usually not a tried and true strategy for getting to the top of the league, right? There's a reason these players are available. The NFL players don't have as much leverage and power as they do in many other cases, and there's a reason why J.C. Jackson is available as a free agent. There's a reason why Corey Lindsley is available as a free agent. There's a reason why the Chicago Bears, who traded two first-round picks and a second, to acquire Khalil Mack, there's a reason they were putting him out on the trade market in exchange for a second and a fifth and the Chargers taking on most of the money on that contract. And the Chargers come out of that season signing a bunch of people to contracts. After, in 2021, they had the worst rushing defense in the NFL of the last 15 years. They were terrible, terrible, terrible at stopping the run in 2021. They came back in 2022, looked like they were going to miss the playoffs before they ran off five consecutive wins at the end of the season. 
but didn't fix their rush defense. The rush defense ranked 31st in the league after finishing 32nd the year before. So they went from worst to second worst in the NFL in stopping the run. J.C. Jackson's contract was so bad that, as has been reported, Tom Telesco, the general manager, apologized to the team for signing J.C. Jackson. He went and publicly apologized to the players for the decision to sign J.C. Jackson to that five-year, eighty-two million-dollar contract that they did, and so you, so then you, you in twenty twenty-two, you you stink on the on the rushing defense. Your free agent corner is a total bust, and yes, Khalil Mack is playing well alongside Joey Bosa, but it's not enough to to improve the defense meaningfully to give Justin Herbert that support. And fortunately, they had good injury luck on the offensive side of the ball and ran off five consecutive wins on the back end of the season until. In week 17, or sorry, week 18, when the Chargers already had the number five seed locked up, there was no way they were going to catch Kansas City. There was no way they were going to fall below six. They had the five seed locked in. They played Mike Williams. Mike Williams got hurt in week 18 in a game that did not matter. And Mike Williams was out for their playoff game against the Jaguars. It was an embarrassing moment for Staley in the last week of the season for a second year in a row. A second year in a row, you have an embarrassing ending to the season. And yeah, Mike Williams getting injured is not as embarrassing as prisoners dilemmaing yourself out of the playoffs. But it was still pretty embarrassing that that was the end to that season for a Charger season that was relatively disappointing. Again, they won 10 games. They won five in a row to end the year, but they had the same five and seven record at the end of uh, going into December last season that they had at this point this year. Like it took a significant run in December for the chargers to get themselves into the playoff positioning. And then they, they embarrassed themselves somehow almost as bad as the prisoner's dilemma at the end of the regular season the year before and lose 27 to zero against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have talked about that enough. It is hilarious by all accounts. There is no world in which that is not abjectly hilarious as someone who used to root for the chargers and now roots for only bad things to happen to that franchise because it helps me in my recovery process as a tormented former charger fan It is so funny to watch that happen in real time because the Chargers blowing a 27-point lead in the wild card of the Jaguars was somehow still not the most embarrassing thing that happened during the Chargers' run over the last two years of Brandon Staley.
And then to end this, I mean, this year was a was a disappointment on so many levels for the Chargers. I mean, the Austin Eckler holding out and then just everything going wrong for Austin Eckler in the aftermath. Like he tries to hold out, requests a trade. Chargers don't honor the trade request. He's forced to come back to camp without a new deal. He tried to hold a Zoom meeting with all the running backs to talk about why they aren't getting new contract extensions, and it just did not go well for Austin Eckler. And then, by the way, he got punched in the face pregame on a Monday Night Football broadcast that didn't look great for Austin Eckler. It's just been a rough go for Austin Eckler. The Chargers lost some stupid games that they probably shouldn't have lost earlier in the year. Uh, They went from having the worst rush defense in the league in 2021 then having the second worst rush defense in the league in 2022 to turn around this year and have an okay rushing defense and the worst passing defense in the NFL. They ranked 32nd in the league in pass defense in week 10 of the season. Now they're no longer 32nd in the league in pass defense, but they were at one point in the season, 32nd in the league in pass defense. They went from at the start of the Brandon Staley era, the worst rushing defense in the NFL to the worst passing defense in the NFL by the end of of the Brandon Staley era. And the Chargers then end, you know, the season was over already. Staley was already going to get fired as soon as they lost that Packer game in embarrassing fashion, a game that they had an 89% chance to win. They lost. It happens to the Chargers all the time. 89% win probability means nothing to them. They have lost games much, much higher of win probabilities than that in their, in their franchise's history. And, oh, by the way, by the time that we recognized in week 11 the Staley thing was over, then Justin Herbert ends up injuring his hand, and he's out for season. He has to have surgery, goes out for the year. So now not only is the season a total wash, but now your quarterback is hurt. Quarterback gets hurt, season's over for the Chargers. They, they're going to fire Staley at the end of the year. And then they come out and lose 63-21 to against the Raiders. And I just want to call it six, call it what it was, 63-7. to It was 63-7 to in the first minute of the fourth quarter. It took the Raiders three quarters to put up 63 points. There had not been a 63-point game in the NFL in 57 years until this season when the Dolphins put up 70 on the Broncos and then the, Char- the Raiders put up 63 on the Chargers. It took the Raiders three quarters, three quarters to, pu- to embarrass the Chargers and put, like, put a stamp on the end of an era unlike any that we have seen. I talked about years ago watching the Monday night football game between the Broncos and Raiders. And ironic that it's the Raiders again who do this. Maybe it's just getting the brakes beat off by the Raiders that symbolizes your run of success is over. But I remember watching Monday night football, Broncos Raiders, second to last week of the season. It was supposed to be the last game in Oakland. It didn't end up being the last game in Oakland because the Raiders stayed a couple years. I remember watching the Broncos quit on Vance Joseph in real time. And if I had been watching the Chargers and Raiders first half in real time and not getting the news that it was 35-0 and then jumping in to bask in the downfall of the Chargers and Brandon Staley and Dean Spanos and that godforsaken franchise that took my team away from me when I was 16 years old. And I'm also in hindsight grateful that they took my team away from me because again, have not been a have never been a healthier and happier human being than when I gave up my Charger fandom at 17 years old. Happier and healthier ever since. But watching them get publicly embarrassed at the end and watching them go, I'm just going to read the drive charts back to back. This goes 
Chargers Raiders. Not that you need me to tell you that because, again, the Chargers scored zero points in the first half. But to watch the game go, Charger punt, Raider down. Charger fumble, Raider touchdown. Charger fumble, Raider touchdown. Charger punt, Raider punt. Charger punt, Raider punt. Chargers muffed punt, recovered by Raiders. Raider touchdown, Charger punt, Raider touchdown. Charger turnover on downs, Raider touchdown, end of first half. To see that be the way to publicly embarrass the Chargers. And then go to the second half and watch that uh, 42-0 not be the end of it. The end of the glory of watching the Chargers get the break speed off them. It wasn't even the end. Because then you go to the second, you're, you're laughing in it. You're reveling in Charger embarrassment. You're reveling in Dean Spanos looking like a godforsaken asshole on national television. Then, or not television, it was on Amazon, but whatever. You're watching Dean Spanos revel in sadness. Reveling in Dean Spanos' sadness. I'm reveling in Dean Spanos' sadness. Then to go to the second half and have it be right out the gate, Raider touchdown, 49-0. to Charger touchdown on a 79-yard touchdown pass. A play that, by the way, the NFL Twitter account put out a tweet that said, Joshua Palmer, 79 yards to the house, cuts the Charger deficit to 42. Which, if you're chronically on the internet like we are at times, you know that they made a Chris Paul meme two years ago that said, Chris Paul hits a clutch three-pointer to bring the Phoenix Suns down 42 against the Mavericks when they lost that game seven by 50 points two years ago as the number one seed that allowed Dallas to go to the Western Conference Finals. They recreated the Chris Paul meme even when good things happen to the Chargers. The Chargers become a meme. 49-7, to Raider punt, Charger punt, Raider punt, Chargers strip six, fumble the football, Raiders take it back for a strip six. 56-7, Chargers get the ball, start of the fourth quarter, throw a pick six on the second play of the drive. There was a three-play sequence down 49-7 in which the Chargers went, fumble return for a Raider touchdown, loss of three yards on the rush, pick six, now they're down 63-7 to with still... 14 minutes and 31 seconds to play. It took them three quarters, three quarters to put up 63 points on the Chargers. No team has scored 63 points in an NFL game in the previous 57 years. It was so beautiful. Every, like, just one after the other, after the other. So good. So enjoyable. It made me so happy. So happy to watch that happen to the Chargers that we're here a week later and getting emotional thinking about how awesome it is that this happened to the Chargers. Because if you don't know the full story of the Chargers leaving San Diego, Dean Spano, second generation money, took the team away from the city after bad faith negotiations with the city of San Diego and some messed up stuff by the city of San Diego. But that's a whole nother conversation uh, that the guys who did the bolted podcast, which is part of the believe podcast network. It's a really good podcast. We've had them on the show multiple times before the guys who put that show together, check out bolted. It's a great 
podcast that describes the full breakdown of the Chargers leaving San Diego. It's really, really good. They did an amazing job with the Bolted podcast. Uh, I'll link it in the description of this episode if you want to hear more about where that deep-seated hatred of the Chargers is brewed up to seven years after they've moved. To watch this unravel for the Chargers and to put a... I mean, it was already over, like we said, but to put a stamp on this is the end of the Brandon Staley era. This is the end of Justin Herbert on the rookie contract. And now the Chargers have to pivot with a new head coach and a new general manager that completely have to retool the roster around Justin Herbert making $55 million a year and around Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both being two of the 20 highest paid receivers in the NFL and build this thing around Joey Bosa making $50 million a year. To watch that happen in real time was just magnificent. Just beautiful and magnificent to watch the Chargers get beat down like that. Because what this ends up with now is the Chargers, despite everything that I just said, despite punt, touchdown, fumble by the Chargers, fumble by the Chargers, muff a punt leading to a Raider touchdown, turnover on downs leading to a Raider touchdown, a pick six and a fumble going back for six within three plays of each other, despite giving up 63 points in three quarters when no team had ever allowed 60 points in a game in 57 years. Despite all of that, this is somehow the third most embarrassing loss of the Brandon Staley era. Despite everything I just said about public embarrassment that led to the end of Staley and Telesco with the Chargers, despite everything that happened right there, it is still the third most embarrassing loss in just the Brandon Staley era. And of the Brandon Staley era, it's not even the most embarrassing losses the Chargers have had. The Charger franchise in my lifetime has had four losses more embarrassing than the Raiders putting up 63 points in three quarters. Because in 2006, the Chargers had an eight-point lead at home in a playoff game against Tom Brady with the greatest team in Charger franchise history. 14-2, LaDainian Tomlinson won the MVP. Up eight points, four minutes to play. On fourth down, they intercepted Tom Brady. And before Marlon McCree could go to the ground, Ty Law punched the ball out from his arm. On the, the interception, up eight with four minutes to go. Got the ball punched out from behind, recovered by the Patriots. If he bats the ball to the ground, it works out better because the recovered fumble by the Patriots meant 
first down Tom Brady going the other way. Tom Brady scores a touchdown in the last four minutes, converts a two-point conversion, goes to overtime, and beats the Chargers to keep them out of the AFC Championship game and eventually the Super Bowl. Knock the Chargers out of the playoffs. Or in 2010, when the Chargers were 14-2, and won 11 games in a row to end the season, number one seed, played the Jets in the divisional round, lost to Mark Sanchez. Didn't even put up a fight, lost to Mark Sanchez. Or maybe you could talk about them losing four consecutive games on a missed field goal. Or you could talk about them in 2017 blowing a 10-point lead in eight games over a span of three seasons. Or you could talk about the the prisoner's dilemma in 2021 that knocked him out of the playoffs. Or you could talk about 2022 when they blew a 27-point lead in the playoffs to the Jaguars. All of those games might be more embarrassing than allowing 63 points against the Raiders at the end of that game. The Chargers have had so many embarrassing moments, so many embarrassing losses. And like I said off the top, Chargers fans were never more excited going into an offseason than they were the year after Herbert's rookie year. Despite having the hack of the sport for the last 12 years, ever since the 2011 collective bargaining agreement put a cap on rookie salaries... The hack in that sport of having a tier two NFL quarterback on a rookie contract like the Chargers had with Justin Herbert, despite having that as their hack, despite having all of the success in the world with Keenan Allen, who might be a future Hall of Famer, and Austin Eckler, one of your best fantasy football running backs, despite the fact that they had Joey Bosa and drafted all pro left tackle Rashawn Slater in the first round of the draft, despite all of that, they were never more excited at the end of a Chargers season than they were at the end of Herbert's rookie year when they were losers. Losers, I tell you. When they were losers. And granted, the Chargers are always losers. All and for the rest of time, losers. If you still root for the Chargers after every out they've given you, after everything they've done to disrespect the city of San Diego, and just disrespect people who root for that franchise. I mean, up and down, the cheapest organization in football. Treat their players like absolute crap around that organization. After everything the Chargers have done over the years, after every move that they have done to disrespect the fans of San Diego and disrespect the people and city of San Diego, to go to Los Angeles despite the fact that they did not have a deep, they did not have any fan base in Los Angeles, and then to do what they've done and and strip the team bare, push away Philip Rivers at the end of his career, to do everything that the Chargers have done. And mismanaging that franchise and being cheap and disrespectful while doing it. For everything the Chargers have done, for the end of this run to be we were never happier than when we were losers, is abjectly hilarious. Every season of the Staley era ends in laughable disappointment, laughable embarrassment, laughable losses. Prisoners dilemmaing yourself out of the playoffs in 2021, blowing a 27-point lead in the playoffs after you played Mike Williams in the last week of the season, despite the fact you had already locked up the number 5 seed, and then to end by giving up 63 points against the Raiders in three quarters in a publicly embarrassing loss that 
brought me just the most happiness I've felt during an NFL game, maybe all season. To have that be the end for the Chargers is poetic justice. And they're going to hire a new coach, and they're going to hire a new general manager. I don't know how cheap or how expensive they're going to go on making those decisions. I know our friend Juju Talk Sports keeps trying to talk into existence Bill Belichick going to the Chargers, and trust me, Bill Belichick is too damn good for that franchise. He is too good to go waste the end of his career with the godforsaken Chargers. For Bill Belichick or whoever else takes that job as the as the general manager, for whoever else the general manager hires as a head coach, they have to completely reinvent that roster. And I shouldn't say completely cuz like Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, those are foundational pieces that will keep them from being abjectly terrible. And this year should be the season that they do the most losing along the rebuild. Like this one's going to end either 6 and 11 or 5 and 12 for the Chargers and this should be the worst of the losing. I shouldn't say like it's totally impossible and this is a terrible job that someone's entering into. It's not that. It, it's not that for them. But what the Chargers stand at right now is whoever they hire as the new general manager, Bill Belichick or otherwise, and whoever that general manager hires as the new coach, Ben Johnson or Kalen DeBoer at Washington or whoever else you want to pick in between, whatever the Chargers end up doing, it might represent the most excited a fan base has been at the end of a season. But now you have all the expectation. Now you have the embarrassment and the expectation so you can't even enjoy the fact that this might be the new the dawn of new possibilities and new hope, new excitement. Because if you're going to come back and slip on that banana peel again with the Chargers after eight consecutive coaching regimes and eight consecutive eras that have ended in brutal disappointment, whether it's the Marlon McCree fumble or the next era where the Chargers went 14-2 and and lost to the Jets in a divisional round playoff game as the number one seed, or whether it's 2016 where at the end of that run, Tariq Hill's returning a punt back for a touchdown that symbolically shows you that Kansas City's going to run the division for the next 15 years in the last game in San Diego. The last game in San Diego is the moment that points to you, yeah, we're leaving, but for the next 15 years, Kansas City's going to run this division like Kansas City, like the Patriots ran the AFC East back in the 2000s. To have that be the end of that era for the Chargers. To have the next run of football for the Chargers being mired in Phillip Rivers, embarrassing them at the end of his career, and then to go into the Herbert era, to have the excitement, and then to have three consecutive seasons that end in embarrassing losses that are somehow less embarrassing than the three losses that ended the previous two regimes of success in the in the early aughts and the early or the mid aughts and the early 2000s to have that be the end of the Charger run to go 40 years with Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert always being great quarterbacks in the case of Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback but never having the support system to get them close to an AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl in 15 godforsaken years for that to be the way that this ends for the Chargers why would you sign up for a new coach why would you sign up for a new quarterback and look I'm a former Charger fan. Maybe I'm speaking to a handful of Charger fans who might be listening to this podcast. Maybe there's just a handful of you who found this on Twitter or found our comical sports meme page or were searching around the Chargers Reddit page and found something interesting on the Chargers. Let me just tell you right now, there's another way. You can quit this narcotic. 
You, if if you are a Charger fan, if you are a Falcon fan, if you are a, Det- uh, I said Saints before because look, the Saints had a great fifteen year run. It ain't going to get much better from here. If you're a Saint fan, if you're someone who roots for the Lions, if you're someone who roots for the Bears, they've given you outs. If you root for the Raiders, Raiders have given you an out time and time again. The coach got caught being a public bigot. The Raiders have given you a time to quit time and time again. And if you're a Charger fan, every single year they give you a moment to quit. Every year they give you an embarrassing way that they lose that convinces you now is the time to quit. They did it in 2019. They did it when a doctor punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung in 2020. They did it when they prisoners dilemmaed themselves out of the playoffs in 2021. When they blew a 27-point lead in the playoffs last year against the Jaguars. When they lost by 63 to the Raiders to end the Brandon Staley era. Instead of signing up for a new coach and a new general manager who are going to try and build this thing around Justin Herbert with a meddlesome owner and in a coaching staff and regime that has been fired every single time since... Everyone who's taken the Charger job gets fired within a span of five years. If you want to take that job and you want to sign yourself up for three more years of hope and expectation that someone is going to be able to build around Justin Herbert making $55 million a year, you can quit. Quit that Charger narcotic. I promise you, life will get better. Who needs to hear that? I don't know who is listening to this right now that might want to hear that, but trust me, you don't want to sign up for another three years of hoping and waiting that the next Charger general manager and the next Charger coach is going to be able to rebuild this thing around Justin Herbert and make them not what they are, which is a 500 team that is going to embarrass you and make you pay for actually investing your emotions and thinking that they will operate like a normal football team. They will not. Because you know what Brandon Staley's final record was with the Chargers after everything that happened? 27-27. and 27. You know what the Chargers record is right now ever since moving from Los Angeles to San, or from San Diego to Los Angeles? 57-57. and 57. Until Justin Herbert uh, lost to the Packers, you know what his career record was with the Chargers? Was 29-29. and 29. He had a 29-29 and 29 record as starting quarterback for the Chargers. And in Justin Herbert's starts... Prior to that Packer game, back in week 10, or sorry, week 11, you know what the point totals for the Chargers were in those 58 games that Herbert had played? They were 
1,602 points scored by the Chargers. 1,602 points against for the Chargers. And you know what? Going uh, After that Packer game, you know what the Chargers' all-time record was since the franchise's existence in 1960? It was 438, 438, and 7. The Chargers are who the Chargers are. 8-8. Eight and eight. Always going to go 500. Some highs, some lows. Never going to make it to a Super Bowl. They haven't done it in my lifetime. They've done it one time in my dad's lifetime. They've done it one time in my grandpa's lifetime. There's a whole lot of people in San Diego who loved that team for who they were. And they took that team away. And they're still embarrassing themselves. And they've lost the division a decade straight to Patrick Mahomes and Peyton Manning, but more specifically Patrick Mahomes. And the San Diego sports curse is spitting on that franchise on the way out the door as they continue to be cheap and as they continue to run that ship into the ground. So don't sign up for that Charger fandom. I don't know who needs to hear that, but don't pretend like whoever they hire as the coach and whoever they hire as the general manager are going to be able to turn this thing around with Justin Herbert making $55 million a year. That would require organizational competence and hiring people who are overly qualified to do that job. That ain't the game for the Chargers. It's never been the game for 40 years. It ain't about to start now. Trust me, because they'll always find more ways to embarrass you and make you pay for caring about the results of the godforsaken Chargers. I'm a seven-year recovering Charger fan. Take it from me. My life is happier and healthier because of it, and I'm not even being sarcastic. Well, I'm being a little bit sarcastic. But my life genuinely has been happier and healthier in so many respects ever since I stopped caring about the Chargers and ever since Dean Spanos ripped that team away from the city of San Diego, my hometown that I love so damn much. That's the root of a lot of this backlash, but it's rooted in truth, man. It's rooted in truth. I just got stuck in that narcotic cycle for years and years. Born into the fandom, born into the narcotic. Took years, years to break up that narcotic. So many embarrassing ways for the Chargers to lose. So many ways to treat you like crap and make you punished for thinking that this time would be different. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. I felt really good. These are the type of podcasts that I like to put together here on the show. It's so wonderful to be able to share it with you guys. These are the types of shows that make me feel alive. Love it. Felt great to be able to share that with all of you. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. We will chat with you again tomorrow. Remember, episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday here on the Take It Easy podcast feed. We got an NFL Monday show that came out just this last week. We got a podcast on Jedi Master Shohei Otani joining the Los Angeles Dodgers. You can check that out on Wired Up episode 152. Just start scrolling through the feed. See if there's something you like. I'm sure we'll be able to brighten your day and bring you something enjoyable here on our Take It Easy podcast feed. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And in the meantime, take it easy. And we'll play you out one more time with that beautiful, beautiful, fantastic San Diego Super Chargers theme song.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.